0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at rhema.org.au forward slash media.
1: There was a sage back many years ago, who, uh, and I've seen a plaque on the wall, and it says, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. Well, you know, in the case of our chaplains and people who work in schools and places like that, it's uh, preach the gospel and if you're able, use words. But many of our chaplains are in schools and many of... We've got a lot of people here that work in schools and work with children and as far as the gospel goes, their mouths have, have to be zipped up because they can't actually preach the gospel. But their lives preach. Their lives can preach good news. And so um, I had it on my heart this morning to pray for our nation and to pray, and I didn't know about this, but it tags right on nicely, to pray for those people who are working with children. Um, And there are lots of people working with children who are believers and even who are unbelievers, but they work with children because their heart is to protect children. But those who are born again who are working with children have even a higher objective and that is that children will have an encounter with God. They will have an encounter with God. So let's just lift up this morning as we pray for our nation. Father, we thank you for this nation of Australia and we thank you that at this present time we are able to freely speak out the gospel Father, we lift up to you all of those who work with children, whether it's in education or other kinds of ministries or services. We ask, Father, that you strengthen the hands of those who work with children to not only protect them, but then to bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And we thank you that today they sense help coming from Zion in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Well, you know, this morning I, the Lord really put on my heart, excuse me, to um, bring to you um, a word that is, uh, uh, well, the title is um, God Encounters. The Lord's really been speaking to me about these encounters, God encounters of a personal kind. Those of you who remember that old movie, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, I see people who are over 40 or over 50 remember it. There was a time, you know, that was when they actually had some, a close encounter of the third kind. Their close encounters of the first kind, which is just seeing it, and then it goes all the way, this guy by the name of Hynek, seriously, he put in a whole list of, he wrote a whole list of different types of encounters with alien beings. Well, aren't you thankful that we have close encounters of the God kind, which is the highest kind of encounter. We can encounter the God of all creation. There is no other God above him. There is no other name above him. And he says, I want to have an encounter with you. Is that amazing or what? Amazing. So, you know, that word encounter, that really came up in my heart. I had a look at what it means. And really it means an unplanned and unexpected interaction, an encounter. You know, and so many of our children have encounters and not always with God. You know, many of our children are encountering things today that, I mean, I never encountered at all in my life. But they're finding it, and where are they finding it? When they get on, their, their, on the internet. So just as a bit of a side journey, we have actually a couple in our church who um, really had it on their heart to provide resources for parents to help them navigate the kinds of encounters that their children are having on the internet. And we've put it up on our website. If you guys, there, thanks guys. To just, if you get onto our church website and go to kids internet safety. There we have a whole website of internet safety for children. Parents who are observed can inform children how to use technology well. It's not about taking them off technology, it's about how to use it well. So for every different age group there are resources for you. You can go and have a look and see. There are like um, parent talks, there is information, there's even a review on different games and apps and then you also have right down the bottom there, um, and it says help and healing after exposure or addiction. So you might have four and five-year-olds who are addicted to their, inter- to their screens, their touchscreens. This resource will help you as a parent or as a grandparent to navigate the internet and use it for right encounters, not for wrong encounters. Because ultimately we want our children to have encounters that are going to help them in their life and help them because encounters usually have an impact on you. I mean I can, I can walk through the, the shopping centre and I can see lots of people and, and hi, how you doing? Good to meet you and, and they have no impact on me. But occasionally you'll have an encounter with someone I I had that just this week. I went to see, actually, I went to see a doctor. I had an encounter with him. Well, what did that mean? Our hearts connected. We saw each other eye to eye. We made a connection. The funny thing was, when I walked into his surgery, I thought he was the Chinese version of Doc Martin. You know, Doc Martin is, any of you. A terribly abrupt and rude man. But God gave me something to say to him, that connected with his heart, and we had an encounter. But you know, I've had encounters with God that have impacted me far greater than that. Now, you know, we, we, we want to um, understand what these encounters are and, and identify them today and really have a look closely at what a God encounter is. When you look in the Old Testament, um, they had encounters with God in the Old Testament you seen the movie The Ten Commandments. You saw what an encounter to Charlton Heston did. He went up the mountain looking one way and he came back and his hair was all grey and, you know, those sorts of encounters. Would you like to have an encounter like Moses had on Mount Sinai? Or would you like to have an encounter like Moses had when he walked through the desert and he saw the burning bush? Whoa. Or an encounter like Jacob who actually wrestled all night an encounter with God that impacted them and changed them. Well, you know, those Old Testament encounters don't happen so much today. And the reason is that God wants to have encounters with you that are much more prolonged, much more impacting, and will hold you fast for the rest of your life. You know, I remember um, years ago, there was a lady who had an encounter and she was playing the pokies, and we'd been praying for her. And anyway, she was playing the pokies at the RSL club, and she, God hit her, and she fell off the seat, and she was healed. And she thought, "This is strange. I've had some sort of an encounter." And she thought, "This must maybe God has something to do with it." So she went to the pastor of our church, and she rang him up, and she said, "You know, I've had something, some strange encounter, and I think it might be something to do with God." And he said, well, come along. So she came to church and she received a healing. But do you know that we saw her for maybe six or eight weeks and we never saw her again? And I wondered about that. You know, when encounters happen to you externally, they might stay with you for a little while. But God has a plan for an encounter with you that is not something external. How many people have seen a vision or seen an angel or had something like a burning bush or something like that happen to them, and then it lasts for a little while, and then it dribbles off. God says, I have a plan for you that causes you to have an encounter with me that will last you for eternity. And so when I look in the Old Testament, there's a story there about Samuel. Now this really is interesting to me. Because when I looked at all the encounters that people had in the Old Testament, this one stood out to me as something a little bit different. So I just want to read the story from 1 Samuel chapter 3, it starts in verse 1. And it says there, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. Eli was the priest in the tabernacle and and, um, Samuel of course went there after his mother had weaned him. He must have been maybe 4 or 5 years old, maybe 6 years old and he was living in the temple with Eli. And it says there that the word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. There was no frequent or widely spread vision. So in other words, you know, God was not really encountering people very much. Verse 2, at that time, Eli, whose eyesight had dimmed so he could not see, was lying down in his own place. Isn't that interesting? Even the priest Eli, he couldn't see. Now, maybe his eyesight was naturally dim. But when I read that, I thought, yeah, spiritually too. His eyesight was dim and he was just lying down. But the lamp of of God had not yet gone out in the temple of the Lord and where the ark of God was, Samuel was lying down. Now, when I had a look to see, was Samuel actually lying down next to the ark? No, he wouldn't have been because that was in the Holy of Holies. But Samuel was lying down in proximity to the ark or the presence of God. And then the Lord called samuel and he answered and he said here am i and he ran to eli and said here am i for you called me eli said i didn't call you lie down again so he went and lay down and the lord called again samuel and samuel arose and went to eli and said here i am you did call me and eli said no i didn't call you my son go lie down now samuel did not yet know the lord isn't that interesting He didn't yet know the Lord, but God still spoke to him. I want you to remember that. That was so encouraging to me, that someone who didn't know the Lord, God could still have an encounter with him. And uh, so, so Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord was not yet revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel a third time and he went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. And Eli perceived, <laughs> smart Eli, <laughs> and he took him three times, that the Lord did, that it was the Lord that was calling the boy. So Eli said to Samuel, go and lie down and if he calls you again, say, speak Lord for your servant is listening. Good on Eli. So Samuel went and laid down in his place and the Lord came and stood and called as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel answered, speak Lord for your servant is listening. I love that story of Samuel. Here he was a boy, he was probably around about 10, maybe 9 or 10 and the Lord called him and Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He hadn't even heard the word of the Lord but God still called him. He had an encounter with God and God went on to speak to him about some of the most amazing things that he was going to do. A boy of 10 and the Lord would speak to him so clearly. Isn't that encouraging? That's wonderful. So here we have an example of what God's desire is. God's desire is to walk and to live in us, not just to show us great signs and wonders, So you don't go home looking for a burning bush or a fiery cloud or something because you know what? It happens in here. It happens in here. There's a scripture in Revelation 21 verse 3 that says, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men and he will dwell with them and he shall be his people and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Another verse in in James 4, verse 5, it says, does the scripture mean nothing to you that says the spirit that God breathed into our hearts is a jealous lover who intensely desires to have more and more of us. God's desire is to get on the inside of you, not just show you himself out externally, but to get on the inside of you. Jesus paid a very high price for this privilege. And uh, when, we look at the, when we look back at the Old Testament, we think, wow, wouldn't that be amazing to have those uh, wonderful um, examples or demonstrations of God's power. But do you know the people in the Old Testament, they look forward and they saw God in us. The tabernacle of God is with men. Well, that, was be, that would have been beyond them. In, in the book of Peter, it says that the Old Testament prophets sought to understand it, and they couldn't. They couldn't wrap their heads around the fact that God, the creator of the universe, was not going to just have encounters with people on externally, but have encounters on the inside. So our New Testament or New Covenant possibilities is that you can have an encounter with God on the inside. So... When we know about how God encounters with us today, it gives us more clarity as to what to look for. What are we looking for? Colossians 1, 26, 27 says, The mystery which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men, but is now revealed to his holy people, to whom God was pleased to make known how great for the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is, here it is, Christ in you. I mean, we're so we, we say those verses so flippantly, and we say, "Oh yeah, I've got Jesus in my heart." Do you realize what that is? Christ in you, the hope of glory. My goodness. So, what does an in- encounter look like? Firstly, an encounter with God will mark you. Forever. And I'll tell you what the ultimate encounter is. You are a spirit. Every human being was born into this earth as a spirit being. But that spirit being is longing for the connection to its father. And I'm not talking about your natural father. I'm talking about the father of spirits is yearning to connect with your spirit to be one with you. So when you are born, that spirit on the inside of you is yearning for God. And when you hear the good news that you are free from sin, have been made clean, and God himself wants to come on the inside of you, now that is an encounter. That is an encounter. So your first encounter with God will be your first awareness of him. The first time you're aware of him. I remember the first time I was aware of him. I was brought up in a Christian home and from the time I could speak and from the time I could sing, I was singing songs about Jesus and if you ask me as a three or four year old, I love Jesus. I can remember going to church singing I love Jesus but I remember one day I sat in a little church and wasn't even my home church. I sat in that little church there at Green, in Green Valley it was and I, I was sitting down looking at my red jumper and suddenly I had an awareness of Jesus' love for me. It marked me. I don't remember what I was doing in church. I don't remember who was preaching. I don't remember anything else but I remembered Jesus loved Me. That was an encounter that marked me for the rest of my life. You know, when I hear Pastor Tony tell his testimony, and I never get tired of it because every time he speaks it out, it's fresh again. As fresh as the day when he first got born again. How the Spirit of God spoke to him and it marked him forever. Okay, so an encounter with God is an encounter with a person you know um my husband is a is a he's such a loving and giving man and he serves me a lot he cooks for me and he makes me cups of tea and so many times I'm sitting on the lounge and you'll make a cup of tea and I'll reach up and say "Oh, thanks darling got a cup of tea oh this is a great cup of tea drink the cup of tea You know, I've had had a connection with him but not an encounter with him. I've had an encounter with the cup of tea he's made me or the dinner that he's made me. You know, so many people believe they've had an encounter with God because they've received a healing and I'm thankful for people that get a healing. This lady who was playing with the pokies, she got a healing but made it to the healing but never really made it to the giver. An encounter with God will take you past your healing past your blessing to the heart of the giver so at times when when my husband will come and give me a cup of tea rare occasions it doesn't happen often i must say but from time to time my eyes will meet with him and his eyes will meet with mine and then i don't care about the cup of tea i've had an encounter an encounter. That's what an encounter with God is. So often we come to his hands, but we don't come to his heart. So, an encounter with God is an encounter with a real person. It's not with feelings, it's not with tears, it's not with emotion, it's not with demonstrations. I remember back in the 90s we had a move of God where people would be running around the building and falling out under the spirit and so that was really fun but how many of us made it through the 90s having had an encounter with god okay an encounter is different for different people your encounter might be different to my encounter an encounter will touch your feelings and emotions it may have physical manifestations or it may not an encounter can happen anywhere not just in church an encounter will have lasting fruit. It will impact you and mark you forever. An encounter will, mark your, may, will involve your choice. You can choose to yield to it or not. An encounter is by internal revelation. So how do these encounters happen? Look at the time. Okay. Firstly we pray, you know when we pray we actually make power available and we've been really praying for our children that they will have this kind of encounter with God, not just get to church, not just hear the word, not just say the prayer but actually have an encounter and I was going to take us all the way through the Ephesians prayers but we'll go very good, very quickly through them actually firstly there's a scripture in Romans 10 20 which is a little bit like Samuel and I take great comfort and courage from this Romans 10 20 says then Isaiah is so bold as to say I have been found by those who did not seek me I have shown myself to those who did not consciously ask for me this is such a comfort to me when I'm praying for my children or anyone, even for when I was praying for you, church, family, that God will make himself known to you even if you're not asking for it. Just like Samuel, he just happened to be in the right place there and God spoke to him. So I use the word of God to pray. The word of God, I mean, is Jesus. He is the word, but he's also the way. So I use the word of God to pray and I pray out of Ephesians 1.15. I'm going to read it really quickly. Ephesians 1 verse 15, it says, I pray for you constantly asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. I pray that your heart will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people who are rich and glorious inheritance. And I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. So I use these scriptures in Ephesians, also Colossians chapter 1, And I pray this because, do you know, I cannot make my children encounter God. I cannot drag them to God, but I can pray and make power available. But what I want to focus on today is for your own encounter. When I was praying about this, I said, Lord, how does it happen? And I remember when I was a child, we had a little mantra that we used to say when we were crossing the road, stop, look and listen. And the Lord says it's the same, stop, look and listen. You know, there are encounters that God wants to have with you on a regular basis. And the Lord also said to me, um, an encounter or in an unexpected encounter with God can actually become a well-worn track so in other words it's like you're walking through the forest and suddenly you come across something you go oh this was unexpected but remember where it is because you can go back there again and so the Lord said to me you want to go back there again to have these encounters firstly you have to stop stop what you're doing You can't expect to have an encounter with God when you're busy, busy, busy with other things. I mean, he will speak to you. He's so gracious. But when I'm seeking after him, I stop what I'm doing. I look. I look to see what he's saying. What is he saying? What is he speaking? And then I listen. I listen for that still, small voice. I listen for him speaking inside. There are some things that help. Music helps. The word helps. Oh, my goodness. The word is Jesus himself. Um, Communion and having eyes to see, looking to see what he's saying. And we're going to take communion in a minute. But I want to have a quick look at the church in Ephesus. Now, you know, Paul used the the prayers in Ephesians to pray for the Ephesian church, and the Ephesian church became quite an interesting church. In Ephesus, it was a very uh, busy and and, um, prosperous city and there was a lot of spiritual activity happening in, in Ephesus in those days, a lot, and a lot of different religions. So the church in Ephesus had to be strong and Paul prayed for them that they would be strong, that they would understand what God has called them to do. And so I've written down here what I read about them. It says the the Ephesian church was a hard-working group of believers full of fortitude. Also to their credit, they were gatekeepers of the truth and they did not compromise with evildoers. They showed patient endurance in bearing up under hardship. Good on the Ephesians church. Wouldn't you like to be the Ephesians church? And in fact, in the book of Revelation, Jesus writes to the church at Ephesus. And this is sounding great. He says, this is the message from the one who holds the seven stars in his right hand and the one who walks among the seven golden lampstand. He says to them, I know all the things you do. It's sounding good, isn't it? I'm going to identify with the church in Ephesus. I've seen your hard work and your patient endurance. Yep, that's me. I know you don't tolerate even evil people. Yep, that's me. You have examined the claims of those who say that they are apostles but they are not. Yep, that's us. You have discovered that they are liars. Aren't we just great Christians? Annie's with me, yes. Um, uh, I know you don't tolerate, oh, where are we? And that you have patiently suffered for me without quitting. That's me. Isn't that us? Aren't we wonderful Christians? We're doing the right things, we're standing up for righteousness, we're calling out the people who are liars, we're not quitting, we're real strong. And Jesus says goes on, he says, But I have this complaint against you. Oh. You don't love me as you did at first. Look how far you have fallen. Turn back to me and do the works you did at first. You know, Jesus said, you've left your first love. I don't know about you, but that's easy for me to do. Get involved in doing what you need to do. But forgetting that first encounter that you ever had with him, oh my, that is the source of everything that you do. Last week, Mark Hankins said, revelation fuels dedication. When you know who you are and you know who you're connected with, that's the source of everything that you do. So I'm so thankful that Jesus knew this before he even left the earth. He could see down the passage of time and knew that once we got in born again and we got busy, we could become the most wonderful, outstanding Christians But there was something that was far more important to Jesus than just the wonderful works we did. And he said it to the church in Ephesus. He said, you've lost your first love. So you know what Jesus did? He said, remember me. And so that's what we're going to do today. Guys, you can can come. We're going to do that today because, you know, in 1 Corinthians 11, I won't read the whole scripture for the sake of time, but Jesus said... When you do this, remember me. So what we want to do today is I want you to go back in your thinking to the very first encounter that you ever had with Jesus. What was, when was the first time? You know, I've spoken to different people. I've asked people, what was your first encounter? And many people were, I mean, someone just got up and sat in their father's chair in their study and Jesus came. Other people were outside. One friend that we had, I had, he was reading Playboy magazine. But Jesus came to him. I was sitting in that little church in Green Valley as a nine or ten-year-old, and Jesus came to me. I'll never forget it. It marked me for even today when I had that revelation of how Jesus loved me. And when I go back to that little church, every time I go back, I'm touched again by the enormity of his love. And I've heard some amazing teaching and preaching since that day, but nothing goes past that revelation. So this morning we're going to take communion and we're going to remember him. Remember the blood, remember his body, remember what he did for us, And remember what it felt like that first time that that you had an encounter with your Saviour. So just as we minister to you with music this morning, just take communion in your own time and remember Him. Go back to that first encounter Before the world began,
0: you were on his mind, and every tear you've cried is precious in his eyes. Because of his grace.
1: You're um, listening and you're thinking, I've never had that kind of encounter. I've never had that kind of encounter. Well, you can have that encounter this morning. You know, I spoke to someone else who's, who, and I said, When was your first encounter? And she was in her 30s, and she said, I was in need, so I went to church. And they took me through a prayer, and I prayed the prayer. And she said, I felt absolutely nothing. But later on that week, I sensed something had changed. We're going to pray a prayer this morning. And if you've never had that kind of encounter with Jesus, pray the prayer. Pray it in faith and believe that things will change because they do change. And here's the prayer let's pray, pray it together. Father God, Thank you for giving Jesus. I believe that he took my sin by dying on the cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead. Thank you for making a way for me to have new life in you. I receive that free gift of eternal life right now in Jesus name Father I pray for this congregation of people and all of those that we are connected with I ask you Father this week that you have an encounter with them something that will mark them for the rest of their lives something that will assure us that you are real, that you love us and you have your hand upon us So we thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. If you would
0: like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at brainer.org.au.